everybody. Mark Lilly and Eric here. It's another Wild Wild Will podcast going through all the Will Smith movies. And uh, we did Night Cruising before the Wild Wild Will podcast, which is where we went through all the Tom Cruise movies. All of those you can find at patreon.com slash the Gentleman's Club. And it's only four bucks a month. Four buck books? Four dollars a month. I mean, honestly, four books is way more expensive. And you get all of the of night crews in there. You can listen to, to all that and, and you get these episodes early and all that stuff. Right? All right. Right? Yeah. We did Hitch. We did We're Hitch. at Hitch. Which is what year is this? 2006? 2005. 2005. Oh boy. 2005. The, the Will Smith movie, his first rom com. And it has a Sarah Jessica Parker uh, connection. Connection. There's a scene that's filmed at her apartment. Oh, for real? Yeah, they were like in New York City and like in those row houses, the brownstones. Mm -hmm. And they were just knocking on random people's houses to see if they could film there. And one of them was Sarah Jessica Parker's house. She's like, sure. Which is super weird. Because I thought you were going to go the Sarah Jessica Parker route because the director, Andy Tennant, directed Ferris Bueller. Hmm. Eric, did, did you? He, did he okay. really direct? That's Fer- what IMDb told me. IMDb, like, here's the thing because I looked up the director because Hitch is a rom It's not on his thing, though. I thought John Hughes did it. Okay, or- maybe, maybe he wrote on it then. It's on his IMDb. I don't know what to tell anybody. Um, Andy. It looks like he did maybe the TV show. The TV oh, show. There you go. Even there you better. Go. I'm counting. Okay, he did Wonder Years also. All right. So no, listen, this I was show. looking up this director because it's a rom com. So I was like, I need to know what's in this guy's repertoire. He's stacked. Dude, he did Sweet Home Alabama, which is honestly top tier rom com. And he also did Ever After, which is a little bit more niche, but Holy Christ, a beautiful I sort of rom-com, romance, more romance than comedy. And he, he did eight, It Takes Two. It Takes Two. That's, I love that movie. That movie came out in 1995, and every movie after that was influenced by It Takes Two. Although The Parent Trap was better than It Takes Two. Wow, two different stories, Eric. It Takes Two, those fuckers who were real-life twins, weren't even twins. I, they were just fucking doppelgangers. So that's I'm, confusing. Can I tell you? Can I tell you something? If we're because this is obviously is what we're doing up? here. What we're doing here because at the time I'm like the same age as these people. So at the time I was these people's ages. Who? The Olsons. Okay. And Lindsay Lohan. Okay. Yes. So at the time I'm their age. Okay. So this isn't perverted to say. Okay. It's gonna get perverted. But. As a kid, I'm going Lindsay Lohan daily, nightly, ever so rightly, all the time. Well, I'm not. Yeah. Do, I'm not going Olsen twins. Yeah, they're a bunch of they're a bunch of freaks. They're no. a bunch of weirdos. No. I don't know if this is controversial. I feel like if you were to watch both those movies back to back, Parent Trap has quality control. I feel like it takes two. Probably does not hold up. Okay, uh, we've watched It Takes Two within the last year. Have we? Oh, with the kids? Yes. Okay. In the last year. It? Okay. One, you got Kirstie Alley. So that's not bad. That's a strike. Okay. That's not bad. <laughs> All right. Two, 
you've got the real oddity of actual twins that are just doppelgangers as we're parent trap. One girl playing twins. I don't know what fucking happened there. Um, you've got a pretty decent scene where it's all these poor kids and they're at this mansion and they think there's a ghost in it. And it's just like the bride for her wedding wearing like, like a mask. A to mask like, yeah, yeah. Makeup mask looks beautiful. Um, I'll say parent trap Scott, you're right about the quality control. <laughs> like there's some shit they could have cut out of. It takes two. Also, uh, while we're on the subject, I don't know why this is coming to mind. Swiss <laughs> Family Robinson also holds up. Okay. Okay. What? okay. <laughs> I, can I say this? <laughs> I'll say this. It um, Parent Trap also has a leg up because it's not the first. Oh, like, there's a oh, yeah, Parent yeah. Trap there's before like a 70s that. one, right? Or an eight, yeah. 80s? And let me tell you. I fucks with the original also. Like, that's Damn. a pretty good one. All right. How about this? How about this? What made for TV movie? This is what the podcast should be. What made for TV movie am I describing? Because I've always had it in okay. my mind. I can never think of the title. And I think I've gone down the rabbit hole and actually found it before. But there was a made for TV movie, I believe Disney. Okay. And it was about kids. And out there somewhere in the world was your doppelganger or your twin. And when you met each other, you had a connection and you could put your hands together and create a purple orb around yourself. What purpose? You just had powers and it just made you like stronger than a grown up. That sounds like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Let me look it up. Disney movie. Doppelganger. You didn't have Disney. Yeah, but it was it was from like the 90s. So I I don't know. They did it on ABC sometimes. Okay, you looked that up. I'm looking we'll it talk up. about this director. But like I looked him up just because I feel like rom-coms are a specific thing to direct. And I was not disappointed by his pedigree. Because I feel like even doing like the Wonder Years for a lot of years kind of helps you do a rom-com. So Escape yeah. to Witch Escape to Witch Mountain. Oh god, not every kid has a twin. But a bunch of them do, don't they? Some that's got like fucking uh Paris Hilton's aunts in it. Oh hell yeah. Tim Richards. And isn't Maybe the good. rock in the remake? Oh yeah. And it's like that huge meme where he's like looking in the backseat of the car and the little girls just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. weird shit. Right. So I don't know how we got hitch. hitch. Okay. Can we talk about something to put hitch in perspective? Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking when we started watching this movie, so he hasn't done a rom-com and we haven't really gotten to like his era of weird shit yet. Well, guess what babies were here because he said for a long time, he didn't do rom-coms because when he made six degrees of separation, he fell in love with, uh, Oh, Rizzo. Yeah. Yeah. Fell in love with her. Okay. From Greece. 2005 guys is the year all the marriage shit starts where he does an interview and it's like me and jada we've sat down for hours with nicole and tom cruise to find out what went wrong in their marriage we sat down with bruce willis and demi moore for hours to find out what went wrong in their marriage which all seems rude yeah why what that seems like a nightmare for the other couples yes i don't know why they agreed to it um and he was just like so 
you know, we decided that you're not going to be able to stop nature. You're not going to be able to stop from being like attracted to another person. And he said that he was attracted to Ava Mendez on this movie. Who wouldn't? Oh, amen. But he said that you'll never hear about it from like the press or for someone else. Like, I'm going to tell you I'm attracted to this person and I'm not going to cheat on you, but I'm going to come to you and ask you, can I sleep with this person? Wait, wait, what? You say that to who? Will Smith and Jada. Yes. And he's giving interviews about this being like, I will not cheat on you, but I'm going to come to you and say, can I sleep with this person? Can I have sex with this person? And you know what? You can say no. But I'm going to be like, baby, that's okay. But please let me have sex with this person. <laughs> this is and, real. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's real. Like what? I am. I am in the archives lo- looking at 2005 interviews. And this is when they fir- this is year seven of their marriage. That seven year itch. If you've never been married or in a long term relationship, there is a theory that by year seven, you get a seven year itch. And that's when people are likely to start cheating. And by nine years, that's when a lot of people will hit their like divorce point. Lily, you just came up with the title to Hitch 2, the seven year hitch. Oh, Oh, pump the jam, pump it up. Ava Mendez says she wants to do a hitch too. That would be be really good. Because then they're starting to. They either have to get married. Yeah. Or have to part ways. Okay. That's really good. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so this is when he starts. They start that whole, oh, Jaden will have an open marriage. Jaden will have an open marriage mm. type stuff. And I just think it's very interesting that it like falls when he starts doing a rom-com and then he doesn't really do a lot of rom-coms again, but we can get that into that more when we talk about the movie, because I think him being black, is a big reason we don't see him in rom-coms, but we can get more into that as we go. Can I ask you two, as two people who consented to marry each other, um, Mm -hmm. what's the lay of the land and the rule of the land? Because I feel like the Dear Abby healthy thing is just like, you don't want to be like, no, I never look at other women. No, I don't find anyone else attractive. Like I look away, you know, in a restaurant or while watching a movie. The lay of the land is Lily can do it. (laughs) Like, Lily can do it like violently. Like, and I'm not even talking about like actors or actresses. Like, we could like be in front of somebody and she could do it, but I don't think I would I wouldn't I wouldn't even dare do it about an actor and actress. Like for me, I have about the no, but if I but if I yeah, no, but like if I say like 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 I'll, I have to do like the thing where like I'm appreciating them like they're like um like a painting like oh they're very beautiful. You don't That's, talk you about know? people like that generally speaking though. Like every time we watch movies, you've never like looked at a movie and like oh that girl's hot. Like I don't know. I feel like you've never spoken like that generally. Okay, but speaking. he asked what the lay of the land is, and that's what it is. Yeah. All right. All right. I I wouldn't be happy if Mark told me he found someone attractive. Like even an actress. Like if I was like for some reason like really into an actress, you'd be like, what the fuck? Okay. I think this would be my thing. If you were like really into an actress, I'd start being like, how many movies has like her boobs been out in? And then I'd be like, Uh wow, are you a pervert? I don't know. (laughs) You know who Lily's crush is? 
Oh, oh no, boy. don't. Is it Mel need Gibson? To stop. Bart no, Simpson. He, <laughs> he says this so much. <laughs> So much that I know people think it's true. I don't have a cow, man. <laughs> Hitch. Hitch. Just like the sheer amount that you said that. Is 2005 rom-com with Will Smith. A budget that they say on the high end could have been 70 million. Made 370 million. Well, did you see that release date? They knew what they were doing. What was what, like Valentine's Day or some shit? February 13th. Oh, yeah. Smart. Smart. I saw it in theaters. I'll Did you really? I would say yeah. this is like a mixed. What I've been seeing is mixed reviews, but I feel like it's it's in the conversation of rom coms in this country. Like it's not yeah. like it's not like the best, but pe- it's in the fucking conversation that people like this thing. You know, we got to get into the reviews of rom coms because they're bullshit. Here's the thing: you, it is very hard to look at uh, the reviews of rom coms and take them. For like, oh, that's like a genuine review because the very big problem with rom-coms is that there's a lot of male reviewers out there. These fucking movies aren't for them, baby. And they're like pretentious. So they don't want to admit that they fucking loved a movie. And like a lot of times rom-coms be like, it was predictable. And it's like, yeah, no shit. So is like a Western movie. There's a formula to them. And like, it's, can they do the formula well? Did they break the formula in like good places? So it's like really hard to look at reviews of rom-coms. I think the best way to know if a rom-com is good is a couple things. One, has it stood the test of time? Like, are people still watching it, still talking about it? Two, word of mouth. Do people talk about that movie? Do people quote that movie? Do people, you know what I mean? You cannot go by reviewers for rom-com because it's just too fucking skewed. Would you say this is like, I wouldn't say this is like the high end rom-com. I'm saying between the middle of the road and the high end. It didn't just fall into the grayness of everything else. Cause I feel like it's still a little elevated. I think this is a sleeper. Like, okay. I think that this is genuinely a pretty good rom-com, but I think it's slept on. And you know what? I will go ahead and blame racism. Wow, because the reviews that I've heard, it's actually listened to a review on a, on, a, on a separate podcast of this movie, like a quick one, and they said the problem was too much Kevin James. No. Too much Kevin James storyline, not enough Will Smith. No, I think Kevin James was fantastic in this movie. <laughs> no, I think. Okay, well, let's just get into the race of it. So this movie. Wait, should I do the, the plot? No, because it's not important to the race part of this movie. Oh, okay. So Will Smith got approached to do whatever this movie. They were going to hire a white actress to play the female lead. They were looking at Cameron Diaz. The studio didn't like that. Yeah, very uncomfortable. They did not want an interracial couple. They, studios notoriously only enjoy interracial couples if the movie is about race. The movie has nothing to do with race. They don't want to fucking touch it. Then the problem was the studio also didn't want a black female lead because then the white audience won't come out for the movie. So they then... Landed on Latina, 
which feels confusing because that still seems interracial. But I guess it's like, no, that's two minorities. And like, no shots at Ava Mendes. She's phenomenal in this. I think her and Will Smith have great chemistry. And I don't know if him and Cameron Diaz would have had great chemistry. But that's a problem when you can't just cast whoever you want in a rom-com because you're worried about race. Because rom-coms notoriously are broken up into two categories, which is like the white audience version and the black audience version. Um, so Will Smith gets lumped into like this weird situation where like he's not Tom Cruise making Jerry Maguire and he's not like Mel Gibson making what women want. It's like, well, you're black. So we don't want to make this movie too black, but we want white people to also see it. So I think it just falls into like that really shit area where just studios are being awful. And I think it's why you don't see Will Smith in a lot of rom-coms because why the fuck would you want to be in a movie that the studio is just like, well, we don't want to see your black ass with certain color women. <laughs> like that's pretty fucked up. So I think that's why he's not in a lot of rom-coms. And I think it's why this rom-com just falls into just like a weird <coughs> sleeper thing where I think if it came out today, I think people would talk about it more in the canon of rom-coms uh, just because like we've like evolved as humans. But I saw this in theaters. I liked it. I think it's like, you know, a solid rom-com. But I think so just- points, points to Michael Bay again. Michael Bay was like, fuck off. I'm going to get Gabrielle Union, Will Smith. We're going to have fucking black leads and they're going to have black girlfriends or black wives. Like, but that was bad boys. Yeah. Yeah. That's you what realize that like, I think like in the canon of action comedies, bad boys is thought of as like a black film. Yeah. But uh, I feel like the studio wasn't probably down with that. I feel that's all Michael Bay being like, no, this is what we're going to do. I feel like he has the anger to get things done or just like Coke, Coke uh, <laughs> rage. Right. Or I think they were just like, I don't know. They're like, yeah, there's a black movie for. I mean, technically people. in the first bad boys, there was Tia Leone. So there was that whole thing, yeah. but bad well, boys. I mean, I robot the piece. They were originally going to hire Bridget Moynihan and the studio was just like, Ooh, who's Bridget Moynihan again? Uh, Bobby Moynihan's sister. I don't know. That's the guy Great. from SNL. I don't. I don't know anything. Um, uh, but they wouldn't put her in it. All right. I think the most important thing, though. Hold on. Hold on. Michael Rappaport's in this. Hold on. Very much. Bridget Moynihan was the one that was with Tom Brady. If that means anything to you. Hmm. Because you're a big sports guy. She was in a uh, Blue Blood. Oh, she was an iRobot. Well, they didn't want her in iRobot. She's in the recruit. Uh, before Mark gets into the, the synopsis of Hitch, I, I want to push back on one thing, but I'm with you, Lily, on this. So don't feel like I'm pushing back too hard. You were talking about not listening to reviewers, right? When it comes yes. to rom-coms. Yeah. I would say that also applies to other beloved genres of films. Yeah. Don't comedy. Look, look, look no further than comedy or even horror, where it's like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw, all these movies get yeah. fucking terrible reviews when they first land. Ebert hates them all. 
but they're like beloved and people still go out in droves and see the Friday the 13th, no matter what a critic's going to say, no matter what a person's saying about the newest, latest horror movie, people are going to fucking go in droves and go see it because they want to see it and they can give two flying fucks. So I would say that critics aren't to blame for like um, rom-coms being bad because if I was a critic, I don't know if I'd pass half these fucking rom-coms. No. Oh, sorry. But no, and I, I, no, what and I feel like it, critics, I feel like critics aren't being um, like you're saying that they're mostly male or white or whatever. I feel like they law they give great awards and attention to very diverse bodies of films out there. It's just like maybe Hitch is just not fucking clicking when it's like you've seen like other stuff that, you know, you have to compare and contrast to it or any kind of rom-com that's out there. Um same with horror or whatever. So, like, I don't want to like give them too much of a hard time. I mean, time like, but also Hitch didn't do too out. bad. It's like it's it's mixed. It's not like the it got shit on, right? But like, oh, I think what I'm saying about it is, I'm saying you can't go by, like, if you're like looking up, like, I want to watch a rom com, you can't go by the rating that critics gave it, I, because just like. If you want to watch like a horror movie, you probably shouldn't go by the rating critics give it either, because like you said, they're not reviewing them great. Because like, okay, let's say a rom com like Never Been Kissed, it is like a six out of ten. It's like a fifty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it is like a floorboard in the house of rom coms. I, I think rom coms people don't pay attention to the critics as much. Same thing with horror. Like, yeah, I think a lot of those like deep like genre movies, people don't always pay attention to the critics because they do them shitty scores. Anyways, Hitch, let's do it. 2005's Hitch. All right. What is this movie about? Let me pull up my notes. Wikipedia. Hitch is oh, Alex Hitchens. I didn't even know that was his name. Hitch. Will Smith. Will Smith's character. He lives in New York City, and uh, you could say New York City is a character herself in this. Am I right? <laughs> no. Uh, Hitch, he's a um, he's like a a. I'm gonna help guys get dates. I'm gonna, and it's a lot about like building up these guys' confidence, and that's like his job is like, how do I make you confident enough to get a date? And also, he does a little bit of like the sleazy, like here's a trick, right? Here's a trick to do it. Like a girl never likes to be complimented or whatever. I don't fucking know. Like, you know, punch her slightly or something like that. You know, just he has like like little like tips to give these guys. To, like so, you should have been paying more attention to, to go get like dates. Tips. And so he calls himself a date doctor and somebody that's trying to get a date and needs his help is. Kevin James, who I don't remember his name. Albert. Albert. Kevin James character, Albert. He like works for a bank or an accounting firm who um who runs the money of this woman, Allegra, which was just fucking it took me out of the movie so much that her she was named after a medicine. And I had to hear <laughs> her say them say Allegra every time. What's Allegra again? What's that? What's Allegra? It's an the allergy med- medicine. <laughs> oh. Um, I don't think at the time it was. So Allegra, she has basically generational wealth that's left to her. And these accountants, like, they they make choices for her. And Kevin James' character has, like, a big crush on her. And he kind of, like, speaks up about her money at first or whatever. And he basically, he hires Hitch 
to help him get a date with Allegra. And so Hitch is doing that. At the same time, we have Ava Mendez, who is Sarah, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Sarah, who's like a gossip columnist, basically, maybe a little higher end gossip columnist, but she, yeah, gossip columnist for New York, a New York City paper. And um, he starts falling for her, right? Uh, Hitch starts follow, falling for Sarah. So Hitch and Sarah, they're falling for each other. And now Allegra and Kevin James character, Albert, are falling for each other. And Hitch is helping Albert hook up with Allegra over here. Okay, so you got these two separate relationships going on. And, um, you know, it goes you're basically watching these relationships build. Hitch is helping Albert get Allegra. Hitch is also trying to mack it with Sarah. But the thing that's like going wrong with Sarah and Hitch at first is that he's like his schmoozing with her ain't working like he or it's his moves aren't working, but she's still interested in him. Like they went on a date and he like showed her the ancestry of like her family. And instead of it being like this romantic thing where he got to show her something like it bummed her out. Right. She started crying or like he tried to take her on a jet ski and he kicked her in the fucking face. Like it's usually his smooth moves. And he tried to teach her. people when you find someone that you really like oh, all of a sudden your smooth moves fall. But it's not side. like it's ruining the relationship at all. No. What ruins the relationship is, you know, this Allegra lady, she's some rich chick and like, um, so she's like in the paper and stuff and people start noticing that she's hanging out with Kevin James, who's like a gross fuck. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy that's hanging out with Allegra? Like, what's going on? And basically Sarah finds out that Hitch is working with Albert to hook up with Allegra and she writes a piece on it. Right. And that's like, there's betrayal there. Right. Well, and the bigger betrayal is that Sarah's friend went out with a guy that they thought Hitch helped. Had it helped also. But surprise, Hitch refused to work with him because he was a slime ball. So Sarah has it out for this Hitch dude. So she finds out who Hitch is, love doctor, because of Albert and Allegra's. Basically the usual romantic comedy stuff where it's just like the thing that's wrong can be explained away. People have misunderstandings about stuff, so they start self-sabotaging the relationships, and then you got to bring those relationships back together. It ends with Albert and Allegra, they're together. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with like Hitch running to he doesn't he does he get hit by Sarah's car? He's just jump on her fucking car or something. I don't yeah. know. Oh, he like jumps on her. It was, it was intense. Basically, Hitch and Sarah end up back together. Everything's explained away. You know, hey, we love each other. I love you. And then the, the couples are together. And Hitch learned the lesson that, uh, I don't know. I'm going to say this is probably one of your messier. What are you talking about? That's what the movie was. What, I, what, I what did up? you feel like, Eric? Did you feel like that's kind of like a messy explanation? Um. I think he hit the major beat. This happens every podcast. <laughs> Lily goes, that explanation sucked. And then Eric goes, it's fine. You confused <laughs> about what the like turning point was. This is my thing. This is my thing. And I'll be honest. All right. When I'm confused about something, that's the movie's fault. No. If you're a better movie, uh-uh. I won't be fucking confused about no. your plot. 
you're confused about a lot. Of no, I, well, you know, I'm just a viewer taking it in, baby. And that's simple, man. And look, I'm just saying you got to make a, a more, uh, um, I don't know, understandable movie if you want me to be able to say the plot easily. All right. Here, I'm just here saying, it is. You can never make one of those YouTube videos where you like easily explain things. Here it is. Mark does 90% and Lily comes in for the other 10%. You know, here I'm it saying comes support. that's. That's a hitch reference. Oh, yeah. Mm. And that was actually created by Will Smith, the 9010. Was right? it? That wasn't it. That was improv because they Will Smith liked the area that they were shooting those scenes so much. And he's just like, we need more here. It's such a beautiful scene. It's like where the, I think it's where the brownstones are. Yeah. And that's where Sarah, Jess, that's Sarah Jessica Parker's front, like the her front of her door. Mm. Yeah. He was just like, this area is so beautiful. We need to film more. So they filmed this speech or this. He's trying to help 90-10. Austin or Austin Albert. Albert, Kevin James's character. He's trying to help him out and be like, hey, go in for the kiss 90% of the time or 90% of the kiss and then let her come in for the 10% of, of like. It is a good scene. Yeah. Like that shit's and that's really improv. funny. And it's good because the payoff when you're watching both characters with their significant others, you are mentally going like, are they doing the 90%, 10%? So yeah. it's like such a good setup because it makes you get involved with the kissing scenes. It's just always fun to see. You like to see like when characters are like role playing, like when Will Smith's like playing with the keys and pretending to be like Allegra. I don't know why, but that's just like always what you want to see in a rom-com is like the two friends or one of them's pretending to be the girl. And like, this is how she's going to react. So, I mean, the 90-10 thing is just, it's good. And then it's great when Kevin James just kisses him. I'm going to bring up something that we need to talk about, which is the trailer for this film. Did you guys remember seeing the trailer back in 2005 for the film? No, like not anything that like sticks in my head. Well, the reason I bring it up is because before watching this movie, based on the trailer, which I feel like I saw a lot, maybe it was in front of a movie I owned and they would just constantly play. I was so fucking confused to what this movie was about. First thing, I thought Hitch was imaginary based on the trailer. Like he was Kevin James, like imaginary kind of like um, mojo kind of teaching the ways. And the reason why is they do the shot in the trailer where Kevin James is with Allegra and she needs a pen to write down maybe her phone number or something. And Kevin James doesn't have a pen on him, but Will Smith's hand comes in and puts the pen in his pocket. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. like it's confusing without the context because yes. when you watch the trailer, like she's fucking standing right there. Why wouldn't she notice that happening? That doesn't make sense. But it's like, oh, because he's imaginary. Then, two. Which which deflates the imaginary theory, because the second thing is the other half of the trailer is like how bad he is around Ava Mendez. Yeah. And and so it's like, here's Mr. Smooth, you know, matchmaker consultants now with Ava Mendez. But they show all of his like faltering and all his flubs in such rapid succession that you're like, oh, my God, he's like a complete fucking mess where I'd say like. He's like 30% a mess around here. He's still cool and suave around her and they still have a good relationship. It's just like, oh, he got food poisoning or, oh, he accidentally kicked her or whatever. But like for the most part, like in this comes to another thing that comes into my head. And maybe this is just my sensibilities, but 
I almost wish this was maybe like on the levels of Dumb and Dumber, where the comedy would be like so broad, like a, like a something about Mary, like give this to the Farley brothers. Mm-mm. Yes, it's something about Mary, which maybe I mean, it's still rom-com territory. And maybe if you go mm-hmm. too absurdist, it doesn't like appeal to like the men, women demographic that are going out or whoever's going out to see it for like the charm of the rom-com. But a part of me is just like he should be falling into manholes. Like piano should be falling near him. <laughs> like classic in the fucking head off a jet ski or like a shark like tries to get him his face exploded in an allergic reaction and he got drunk on benadryl here's here's what i think i think in this movie will smith is great in it i think ava mendez is great in it yeah and i think um oh fuck what's his name kevin james kevin james is also great in it and i feel like they needed Kevin James not to be great in it because listen, listen, I think that this movie needed to focus on one of the relationships. It was almost split 60 40. And mm. I feel like it needed to be split 80 20 one yeah. way or the other. You know what I mean? Cause it's just like when I was with Kevin James, like I'm enjoying that shit, but it's like this almost like there's one of them had to be a B line of a story. And they were both almost splitting the screen. And it's like, they're both good. Like I want to watch Kevin James and Allegra do their thing. And I want to watch Ava Mendez and Will Smith doing their relationship. And I felt like I wasn't getting enough of either of them and maybe focus more on the Will Smith thing. And then that's a little bit of just like, I don't know, just like a side story type of thing or the reason that there starts to be friction, obviously. Um, But I felt like we were just getting, maybe it was just too split. The time was too split. And I wanted both of them, more of both of them. I will say, I was more invested in the Albert Allegra relationship than I was in the Hitch and Sarah relationship. Oh, really? Okay. That's interesting. I think what the Albert and Allegra, though problematic, because what Hitch does is problematic, where it's like these dudes like these women. And then he kind of does like weird tricks to make these women fall in love with these mutant dudes and beautiful women. Yeah. Like, cause his whole theory is any man can sweep any woman off their feet at any time. Um, so he, he gets men on three dates into their first kiss. And like, it's a little problematic. It's a little stalkery. Like, you know, it's weird that Kevin James's character, Albert is hiring someone to be like, help me get a date with Allegra. Like, that's a little bizarre. Who's also a client that he helps control her money. Yes. Um, so that's a little weird, but at least with the Albert Allegra relationship, you can be like, they have a rapport. Like, even if she doesn't know him a ton, she at least is sort of familiar with him. He's definitely familiar with her. He's, you know, had feelings for her for a while. So when their relationship progresses, it feels more natural as were Sarah and Hitch randomly meet in a bar. He like reads her and she like reads him. And then they just kind of like are into each other. And then it's, he's kind of half stalking where she works and like mails her a walkie talkie to ask her out on what I would think is a very, fucking stalkery first date where you're 
looking up her ancestors Mm -hmm. and finding their signatures in books at Ellis Island. Like that shit that you do for someone. Have you been together like 50 fucking years, not on a first date. So it felt like it felt like a lot. And then by the time they have their big fight, they're on date three, like by a third date, if, so if me and the person I'm seeing are so mad at each other that we're fucking chucking food in my apartment at each other, I think I'm good. You know what I mean? Like there doesn't feel like there's like that history for how hurt feelings are or how intensely they feel for each other. He also was trying to separate her to be, you know, get on this jet ski, go to an island away from society. Nobody can hear you scream. You know, was he friends with that security guard, too? Yeah, that's a really dangerous situation for a woman to be in. But like, I don't know. I think they could have worked harder on just like having them have some like back history. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like they could have just been like, oh, they work in like the same realm. Like, you know, like she knows who he is as opposed to who is this date doctor? Also, when I think of like love consultants, I get it. There's probably ones that are very close, like Hitch, who are more even tempered, more like, yeah, maybe he's doing like trickstery stuff. But the movie at least portrays him as being like somewhat of planet Earth. But when I think love consultant, I think of Mr. E, you know, who remember Mr. E? Oh, was he on MTV? Uh, Yeah, it was like, what was that show called? Love something? Yeah, he was he dressed like a. C word like he was awful. <laughs> C word. Um, I don't know what C word you're thinking of. <laughs> um, mystery was yeah, he was like the love guru or whatever. But yeah. like the whole thing was you wore like fuzzy top hats with like steampunk goggles and Dracula's cape and like leather boots, <laughs> and you talked like you were like from the like a Dungeons and Dragons like campaign and you go up to the lady and you're like madame can i get you and like they were picking up like playboy miles like the hot chicks obviously it was a tv show but it's like he just made everyone into creepy goggles like steampunk assholes yeah but like the whole notion behind it's like oh you know you're in a club a girl's gonna notice it it's like yeah everyone's gonna notice the guy wearing um you know yeah wear a hat with a spinny propeller on the top and uh (laughs) You want to it's a conversation piece, you know, it was wild, but it was so funny because they'd send in the 10 guys who are like in his class and they'd all fail. But then Mr. E would walk in and show him how it's done and he would leave with like 10 girls. It's like that's not happening ever, ever, ever. Could we talk also about the beginning of this movie where this is a I don't know if comedies. I'm sure they do it still comedies and romantic comedies. They'll do this thing. It's. I, I think the most popular version of it is uh, Ferris Bueller, where the beginning of the movie is extremely loud music. It's almost it's scene setting. It's table setting for the whole fucking movie of who these characters are. A lot of narration. Right. And it's this like breaking the fourth wall. And it's this pacing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's this it's almost like a music video pacing yeah. of a movie. And like Ferris Bueller, you know, he's talking about himself and what he's about. And, you know, and there's the music going on. He's talking to the camera and shit. This one doesn't talk to the camera, but there's the narration of Hitch. 
Oh, he does. Okay. He looks into the camera. So, but but comedies and rom coms use this a lot. This one lasted like half the fucking movie because it's like it's then it finally it stops down into like the first scene. You can feel you could almost feel like, OK, and we're landing here. You know what I mean? It's almost like a plane landing and we're in the first scene. This one, it took like 30 minutes. No, it did. It took so fucking long. They went through like no. nine songs. No, and they're introducing everybody. And they're just like, he's introducing what he does. And it's all these shots. And it's like a music video. And it's like, finally, they fucking land. And it took four. No, it, it was like 10 minutes too long. It was like maybe 10 minutes. It was too long. No, it's basically like, like we met Albert when we first met Albert. That's when the plane finally fucking landed. Yeah. When else would it land before that? And it took before 30 minutes to Albert. see that fat bitch on the fucking screen. No, no. Mm-mm. Eric. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be crazy because I think I did pause around 30 minutes because I was wondering, I'm like, when the fuck is the, when it's the movie going to start? <laughs> <laughs> right. They did it for so long. <laughs> But I don't uh, I, I kind of I, I'm in agreement that it took a while. But at the same time, for a movie that has like a two hour roughly runtime, they do a pretty good job with the two hours. I didn't feel like, fuck, man, they got to trim like 30 minutes out of this. Personally, I felt like they earned the two hours. To me, the fucked up part is the trimming could have been like how he meets Ava Mendez's characters. Some other date, like to me, a lot of the fat is. So you want to go, Kevin James? You want to watch Kevin James? You, you, it's not that. It's just I don't think they use their time with the two leads well. You know what I mean? Like, I you don't need the backstory of Hitch being a dork in co- like. Okay, it was like a little funny, but I need to see him being a dork in college and being like super clingy to his first girlfriend because, like, honestly, at the age he is in this movie. That's fucking embarrassing that 20 years later, it's still like affecting him. I, uh, you know, like it's not like a good story plot. And like, again, the Ellis Island thing is creepy as hell as a first date. She like, reacted correctly to it. But like, yeah. it bothered. I'd never speak to that person again. Like, it out of most things in the movie, it took me out the hardest because it's like, you don't know this chick, you met her for literally 45 seconds in a bar and you're going to drop that kind of cash and put that much effort in. It just didn't feel earned. Here's and rom-coms say, are about earning it. I'm not condoning his behavior at all, um, but she's also just as fucking crazy, meaning like she doesn't date people unless they give her a fucking walkie talkie and all this other shit. Like the shit he's doing finally cracks her what does he keep saying? The fuck you on her you know, forehead or whatever to every guy yeah. like it's winning her. So he's just like, Jesus Christ, I had to send her a goddamn walkie talkie and like a gift that like knew that she was going to pick Sunday. So he's probably like, yeah, first date has to be Ellis Island. If I bring her to a coffee shop, she's never going to hang out with me again. Like I have to do something fucking crazy again. I'm not condoning that. You shouldn't bring women to Ellis Island to find out that her grandfather was like murdering butcher that like killed prostitutes or whatever he did. Um, I, I don't think that's what he did, but he was a butcher. <laughs> well, maybe you um, should have stuck with fucking Paula Patton. From oh, the first my God. 30 minutes of this movie, because she was looking like a goddamn smoke show. 
Yeah, Paula Patton, get her in more movies. Movie debut. Um, loved it. I and also I was looking it up. Um, Kevin James, that guy was pretty fucking bankable. Yeah. Like every I looked most of his movies were he made like 150 million, like Paul Blart, the ball one, and then you know, a bunch of Adam Sandler films and stuff. And oh, yeah, grown ups. Uh, we but we the one we need to watch, this movie came out. I I shit you not like probably the week before everything shut down for COVID. It got 1.1 million in the box office worldwide. Oh no. It's called Becky. Oh. Oh yeah. Like a scary thriller. And he's like he kind plays, of a bad guy. A neo-Nazi, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is I'm not a it's a different Kev, Kevin James here. We got to watch that one. I don't want I like funny <laughs> Kevin James. But he all right. I would I did not go into this movie thinking like I was excited to watch this movie because it's mm-hmm. like we I think the last real like rom-com we watched in this whole series of podcasts that we're doing is Jerry Maguire. Yeah, probably. Which is featured in this movie, which is nice. Loves love me some Jerry Maguire. But um, yeah, so we don't watch it. We don't get the opportunity to watch probably because we, we're doing mostly male leads you know, yeah. and action stars. It seems like you know, yeah. Tom Cruise and Will Smith. Um, but um, yeah, I wasn't going in thinking like, oh, I'm going to think this is hilarious or, or anything. But man. <laughs> Kevin James, he like to see a fat guy do some physical comedy is always hilarious. Like (laughs) he was in (laughs) tears on the couch. Like, I mean, laughing so hard. Like I was videotaping him. And what scene? Tears rolling down his face, (laughs) laughing so goddamn hard at this. I'll give you, I'll give you an example of what I find I find um hilarious there's th- this type of comedy especially in movies and i'll give the example of it for through a different movie first in austin powers there's this scene where i think it's will ferrell's character it's like Mu- Mu- mufasa or something i don't know yeah he's like a bad guy on dr evil's squad and they take him into a room and they like set him on fire and the whole time oh, yeah. will ferrell's just like oh my god i'm on fire like they're trying to kill him yeah, he's not yeah. dying and then they shoot him and then he's like you shot me in the arm right yeah. and this goes yeah. on for like 10 minutes and it's funny because it's just like why are they doing this right yeah. like why is the movie doing this right. like it just right, takes right, right. it it takes it too far and in this movie, it was a scene where Albert is talking to Allegra on the phone. Hitch is in the room and Hitch is trying to tell um, Albert like what to say. Pretty much, you know, it, it's like the classic thing of like, oh, I got somebody in an, in an earpiece. It's like almost sitcom mm-hmm. and they're going to be feeding me the lines that I'm talking to Allegra about, you know, to, to get this girl type of thing. But while he's doing it, Kevin James is going <laughs> through his apartment <laughs> And like, you know how like when you're nervous, you'll like, you know, maybe you'll like play with your phone or you'll like, you'll, you know, you'll mess with something or like Kevin James is going through and he's like touching everything in his apartment. And like, it'll be like a mixer, but he's like breaking it and then like, oh, oh got to fix it. And it's like, it goes on for like five minutes. It's like, why is Kevin James character? Why does he keep on touching shit? Like, why would he keep on? He's like playing with all this shit on the counter in the kitchen and it just like cracked me up because it's just like why like this is going on too far <laughs> and too long it was funny honestly i think there are so many good moments like okay kevin james is great he's before hilarious. that when 
he was like, hey, just like make her notice you at work, like be on her side with like a financial thing. And he does that. But then he goes too far and he quits his job. So he goes back to his office where Hitch is. And he starts just fucking throwing shit like, what did I do? What do I do? Hitch like jumps on his back and is riding around the office. And shit's just knocking over. But then Allegra's at the door and he's like out of breath. And it's like, and he puts like the pen in his pocket. All of that shit was hilarious, too. Like Kevin James was legit. Just super funny. And this movie had like a lot of slapstick for no reason. I think Kevin James is funny. uh, But in regards to the Will Smith and Ava Mendez relationship, I was more invested in them. And I think it's just the script contrivance of like, she's impossible to date. She has very high standards for men. And he's supposed to be like the guy who can crack a little taming of the shrew. Sure. And so like that, that uh, conflict is like something I want to see, like, oh, my gosh, this needs to get resolved. Like they need to fall in love because she's impossible. She doesn't believe in love. And, not, and Hitch doesn't even believe in love in some aspects. He like he's like a serial dater or whatever. What, um, what's disappeared, though, I'm just thinking about because of Kevin James. This was the era of the like I, like the fat guy or the ugly guy in a sitcom with like a really hot wife. Mm. And I know that's like a trope that's been going on for forever, but I'm thinking back to in the nineties, I feel like in the nineties, you had more even like, like, uh, like how people looked Mm. like, I'm trying to think of like a, like um, home improvement. I was about to say, those were two people where it's like, yes, they look like they're, they're age appropriate. They look like they'd be together, you know, and I feel like you're getting that more now. But 2000s, it was like you get a fat guy and you get like his hot wife. Yeah. And it's always been that way. Like, I know, like, it goes back to like the honeymooners, like that big fat fuck with a. <laughs> yeah. That really abusive guy. Yeah. Wife. Yeah. And he had a hot wife. But it, it, but it seems like it's where we've gone to the point where it's just like how we get people that actually look like they belong in a relationship together. Yeah. Like the 90s was good at like decently good at it. Like I'm trying to think of other ones. Mad about you. Like they were like. They're oh, equals. Greg. Yeah. They're equals. But yeah, Kevin James was always like set up with like a hot lady. Yeah, it was mostly Leah Remini, like always. Um, okay, I'll say too, I think this movie had like a good mix of chemistry. Like I thought Will and Kevin James were very good in their scenes together, especially yeah. for how funny Will Smith can be. I like that they weren't like, okay, both of you fucking be funny. I yeah. think Will got to play the straight guy, but got enough really good lines in with Kevin that like they just balanced each other really well. I thought Will and Ava Mendez had like awesome chemistry. Like I think they were like really believable together. And I think like the moments when their dates would go awry were like super funny and both of them like played it really well. I just think like generally speaking, I feel like it's just like a very um well mixed cast and i don't know if like will smith and kevin james are a duo that i would have expected mm-hmm. to do so well together but they really did i agree and i'm glad you guys keep bringing up the ava mendez of it all because she holds her own she's great mm-hmm. i feel like this could be such a thankless role and she gives it enough like 
I don't know. She gives it enough uniqueness that it um, it stays fresh the entire time. She's allowed to be funny in instances. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't have to be like when he gets the allergies and his face like gets bloated because he ate fish or whatever. And he starts freaking out like she's not just playing like, oh, I'm going to step aside as you freak out. She's just I don't know. She's just fun and engaging. I was about to say Allegra became fun and engaging like comedic wise in the last five seconds when they're all dancing at the wedding, mm, the movie, yeah. a part of me wishes like, and maybe this is like a problem with most movies, but it's like, Oh, the guys can be funny. The women have to be like conservative or whatever. And it's like a part of me wishes it's like, Oh, let the, let the ladies be funny too. Cause they seem like they have like that comic energy too, where they're like dorks and they're dancing kind of dorky. And I don't know. That was fun to see. It, it, I mean, yeah. I, I brought up like a, the, like the tame of the shrew like type of thing because that's what 10 things i hate about you mm-hmm. and there's i think there's other ones what's the one where like that guy has to make an uh, ugly girl attractive by prom or some shit she's all, he's that. all that a little bit of that that's same answer, yeah. yeah a little bit of that these those it seems and, and not that this is a hundred percent it but there's a little bit of that here it seems like they're all those were all ones where the main characters were the dudes in a romantic comedy Mm, you yeah. know what I mean? Like the, the main characters are not Ava Mendez and Allegra. Mm. Right. It's Will Smith and um, Kevin James. Yeah. Mostly sharing it. And then. Yeah. Just when there's like a time to show Allegra's goofy side. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't know if that's the right route to go with a romantic comedy. Right. Like, where the girl's goofy. Where, no, where you, the focus isn't on the woman. Why? Well, I think it's definitely like. A vibe. It just it depends on like what way you go, because like I think, yeah, sometimes you want to watch a romantic comedy where like the females lead, like, you know, let's do something current like um, to all the boys I've loved before, because you're like, oh, I can relate so hard to this. But sometimes it's nice when your romantic comedy does have like that male lead because you're like, oh, wow, he's so sweet. He's so nice. Like sometimes you want to like be on the inside of like the guy side where you're like, oh, he's not a piece of shit. Like there's a guy who has it together so that when there does become that miscommunication, you're already in on it. Mm. I already know there's a miscommunication, baby girl. Get, come on. He's so good. He's he's the guy for you. But if the, your woman's the lead, you have that moment of heartbreak where you're like, oh my God, another one, mm. a fucking another asshole guy. And then you get the relief of like, oh, it was a miscommunication. So He's what's not an what's a better kind of romantic comedy, this style or love triangle style? What would you rather have two dudes pining over you or just one and he fucks up in some way and, you know, you're trying to there's a miscommunication. I'll say I get very um nervous with a love triangle me too i get like anxiety where it's not fun to watch you rather just like two people like going after each other and whatever pitfalls they run to but bridget jones oh yeah bridget jones makes you anxious yeah like it makes good really so good but it makes you me personally it makes me uncomfortable because it's like what if she doesn't choose the fucking person i like yeah, that I would choose. Mm. I mean, the only time that like those love triangles work for me is when it's like, oh, there's a love triangle 
joke. One guy was always a piece of shit. Then you're like, oh, okay, yeah. He was never a viable option. But I'm with Eric. Like, it's anxiety. Don't make me choose Edward or Jacob. That's fucked up. Who she choose? She chooses Edward. Mark, it's not even a question. She chooses Edward. But we love Jacob. We want to see Jacob happy. Shit's fucking hard on us. So, like, I'm with Eric. Sometimes it's just easier to see, like, two people. Maybe it's, like, bad timing. Maybe it's bad circumstance. But you're like, okay. I know at the end of the day, they're going to end up together. Sometimes that just feels good. Okay. I'm going to bring... I'll bring it up. I want to bring up some nerdy film shit right now. Ooh, Nerdy film shit. So I'm watching this movie from 2005 and uh, not to brag, but I rented the UHD version, ultra high definition, ultra high dynamic, whatever. You see like their pimples. Uh, No, you don't see their pimples. And the reason you don't see their pimples is because there was so much film grain in the film and like, that beautiful 35 millimeter film. So I'm watching going like, okay, this is 2005. 90% of films, motion pictures are still being shot on film. There's the outliers like the, uh, the David Fincher's and the Michael Mann's like how we watch collateral who are starting to experiment in the digital realm of digital photography. But I'm like, most movies are still shot on film and what a fucking difference it makes in 2005. If you ask someone who loved film, like, Oh, what'd you think of hitch? They'd be like, yeah, it was blandly shot, flat lighting, perfect lighting outside. Like, who gives a fuck? But in 2022, you look at it and it's a buoy and you're drowning in the ocean. And you're like, Hitch is my 35 millimeter film fucking buoy to save me because you're watching and you're like, this looks better than the Lord of the Rings show that just came out on Amazon for a billion you dumb dollars. bitch. Did you watch it? <laughs> I haven't watched it. So oh, okay, he can't make that comparison. A big controversial. But what I mean is like, Digital has robbed us of something. And I sound like the old man on the fucking yard who's just like yelling like back in our day. But movies look better when you can't really tell what's going on. And there's what do you mean by that? What I mean is like film provides a softness. Not every pimple, not every freckle is in focus. Not every treen or shrubbery is perfectly crisp and lined. And when you shoot and specifically this movie was shot on anamorphic, which kind of like um, stretches the image and then it creates these cool like distortions in the background and this like soft focus. It just looks better because I think films have to be somewhat elusive, like our dreams or anything where it can't be crisp. Like when you see something that's so crisp and so shot cleanly, you start to not even the facade of what a movie is. That's not even what it's doing. It's just too much information into my fucking brain and I can't handle it. I need stuff to look a little janky and have some fucking film grain on it. Even if you do fake film grain shit, slap it on. I don't give a shit. But when you shoot in (laughs) that crisp, crisp, clean digital cameras look so phony. And again, it could be just a product of our time. We were raised on 35 millimeter film. So when you see what's new, Kids now won't give a flying fuck and they'll appreciate digital. But yeah, Hitch, man, for some reason, it like made me so nostalgic watching him. I am. Um, I th- some of this is not my idea. It's some shit that I read, but I was watching a trailer of the new Rob Schneider movie 
Rob Schreier is a new movie. It's yeah. Don't fucking watch it. Like there's, it can't be good. I don't, and I don't know if it's, it's coming out in like limited release. I'm sure it's going to be like in 10 theaters, but I saw it, but I saw the trailer for it and it was shot digital. And somebody pointed out that they're like, cause it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, we'll say the, uh, the equivalent of a happy Madison type movie, right? Mm. Like an Adam Sandler movie. And they're like, watch like a like a old ha- Happy Madison, like a Happy Gilmore, or a Billy Madison, or you know, um, what's the one with the kid? Which you did, uh, Big Daddy. Which you Big, watched Happy Gilmore last night and, and Billy we, Madison. And both. Yeah, they were on back to back on Bravo, and they're like, those were on. Fi- they're like, those were on film, and it looks like, like it's the same bullshit. It's poorly shot comedy. Yeah. yeah, but that looks like a film. But you look at the new Rob Schneider, which is no different than those two. And the new Rob Schneider, it looks like a Logan Paul digital short mm. YouTube. Like yeah. everybody has the power to do a crisp, nice looking digital thing. So you're looking at it and you're like, why does this deserve to be in a theater? This yeah. is YouTube bullshit. This is shit that I could do. This could, yeah, sure. It's edited nicely okay. and everything. And I think there might be a little bit of that in people's minds where it's just like, what makes this theater worthy? Why would yeah. I go to a theater to watch this when this looks like the shit that that I watch on YouTube for free? Yeah. And it's just digital's too accessible. Yeah, which it's just democratized. Everybody could fucking do it. The the it's been leveled. The, the which playing. is nice. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it's bad or good Double or whatever, but it just doesn't look as as uh, like a film. Hmm. It doesn't look like a film. It just looks like Rob Schneider fucking around like everybody else can do on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, is it funny to see someone like Rob Schneider fucking around and doing weird things? Crystal clear. Yeah, because dudes, <laughs> look at the new Dumb and Dumber. That I feel like was shot on digital. If you compare it to the old Dumb and Dumber, like it just looks better. But okay, imagine all of us, right? Imagine us right now, the three of us as 10 year olds. Can you see it? Can you believe it? Can you imagine? Cute. <laughs> so we're all 10. <laughs> and um you're at home with your square fucking shitty glass TV that you have fucking bunny ears on top and antenna because you can't get any of the stations in and you're watching the news and you're watching whatever fucking home improvement and stuff. And all of it looks kind of phony and kind of weird, but it doesn't look like a movie. There's such a big distinction, like little 10 year olds being like, all right, we're gonna go see Dr. Doolittle, Daddy Murphy. Mm -hmm. And it's like a huge big screen. And it's like, Oh yeah, this isn't on TV. Nothing looks like this on fucking TV. The um, colors are brighter. Right. Yeah, Mark's right now. It's like your TV is going to look like close to what the cinema's showing or whatever. And I don't mean that in the experience. I mean that just in visual clarity of the image. Um, but then you got to wonder: is that why people aren't in theaters as much? Because going to the theater yes. is fucking expensive. When just like I could wait till this shit is streaming on my, you know. People have like 70 inch TVs now. I can watch it on my pretty fucking huge TV at home and it's going to be like a nice quality still. So it's a twofold. So people have to understand two things. One, back in the day, it was an image thing where it's like going to the movies, you're not going to be able to experience that at home, right? So now we're losing that because people have home theaters. So the image thing is now in question of just like, or the sound thing and all that. But people are forgetting the experiential component of movies in a theater where you can't look at your phone and you're with strangers and all of that. But again, that's not as sexy as being like, oh, it's on a big movie screen. Like you got to be like, 
remember the emotion of seeing a movie with strangers. And that's like a harder sell to get people to like flood back to the theaters. I mean, this is like old, like movie nerd podcast, like talking points. But it's just like the the kind of like the death of like uh, mid-level movies, mm. like death of a movie that costs, I don't know, $60,000 to make. Sixty thousand? That's like a micro budget. We're like or about sixty no but sixty to like eighty thousand million But that's gone. Well, I'm just saying, like that's gone. Like nobody No, that's that's running rampant. I think when you say mid-level. in movie theaters, what movie it w- was made for that amount? That's that's Six, out. Sixty thousand? Yeah, right, it's like sixty to budget. Yeah, what movies are made with that budget? A so many fucking movies, every movie ever. Uh, I think what you're thinking, Mark, is like Movies that would previously go to theaters with budgets like maybe twenty million are no oh, wait, longer no, no, wait, going I, to theaters. I would say I meant million. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I meant sixty to eighty million dollars. Yeah. Sorry, Eric. Movies, I was looking at those real movies, sideways. nine thousand, sixty to eighty million. That those <laughs> movies are gone. Like a movie like Hitch, like would not really go to theaters anymore. And right. those are that kind would of probably gone. go to like Netflix. And everything has got to be like like a Spectacle. fucking. Yeah, like Spider-Man or some bullshit. Okay, yeah, about 80 saying, million. No, <laughs> I think you're right. Like, I think Hitch would have been a Netflix movie and it would have been number one on Netflix. Yeah. 100%. It would be on HBO or something and it would do really well. I think you're right. I don't think go to theater. But speaking of Spider-Man and Eric's talking about like that feeling, we went and we saw Spider-Man No Way Home in theaters. And Eric, like, I felt that. That yeah. was like the first time in like a really long time. So like, you know, we're like towards the end of COVID when it came out, I double masked. I was still pretty fucking freaked out. But that was like the first time in like a long time where, you know, people are coming on the screen and you feel like the whole audience like pulsate. You you like people are like clapping. People are cheering. People are crying. We're all gasping at the same time. And it was like that moment from like when I was like a little kid. And it was that like movie going experience where it's not the same as sitting in your living room as like feeling connected with other people like, oh, fuck, you're hyped for this, too. Oh, fuck, you're feeling sad for this, too. And after I saw it, it made me really, really sad that I didn't see Dune in theaters. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I watched Dune at home on HBO. And like after I watched, I was like, fuck, this was made for a bigger screen. But then after I watched Spider-Man in theaters, I was like, fuck, this is a movie I should have seen in theaters. That's how people are thinking uh, or feeling about the Batman because mm. it came out and people that people that saw it in theaters had a, had a different experience or some people are saying it had a different experience than people that waited to see it yeah. on HBO or whatever because it was just like a dark movie but like easier to see a dark movie when you're got a, a huge IMAX screen in your face yeah. than you're you know watching it on your computer or whatever yeah yeah I do think it's like disappointing because yeah Hitch probably wouldn't go to theaters today anymore and just like you know TVs are really nice. You can watch it at home, but it's all like a double-edged sword because I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of like to all the boys I love before would not go to theaters, but that was a fucking phenomenal movie and a really good franchise. So it's like, oh, it's all just a fucking double-edged sword, right? 
Yeah. I guess I'm if you really want to make like a quality movie. movie, though, you should probably move back into film. Yeah, people should just start shooting on film now and get us back in the theater that way. Just be like, we aren't, we're not shooting digital anymore. We're shooting on 16 millimeter. So look at the grain, bitch. I mean, it's probably going to be one of those things where like, if you want to get nominated for an Oscar, you have to go back to film. Yeah, I feel like my boy Darren Aronofsky, he's shooting on film still. Is he? Yeah, he shoots on like 16 millimeter a lot, which is crazy, but awesome. Maybe like, Another issue I have with this movie is when, so it all comes to a head, right? Um, she finds out Hitch is the date doctor and she thinks her friend was fucked over by the date doctor. She runs a story. Sarah runs a story. But now Allegra is going to find out that Albert like sort of tricked her. Then Albert goes like super suicidal. He says he's going to kill himself by eating a dozen donuts, Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, did he say that? Yeah, he's like, I'm going to eat these. I hope my heart stops. Is that product placement? Yeah, these will kill you. I didn't like that part. Like, I don't want Allegra to be with him because he's going to die. But then it's like the classic. Did you really help him with teaching me how to whistle and his terrible dance moves? Because I'm also embarrassed of dancing. And it's like, Oh my God, all the things I told him not to do are what you liked about him. Epiphany. Hmm. Yeah. What did you guys think about that? Like um, compared to other rom-coms? It's standard. I was into it. Yeah. That's you know like, what I, I mean? Yeah, like there's always like the, the period where like the lowest moment or whatever, but... um. I think my biggest grievance that I didn't like about this compared to other rom-coms is I feel like they make Hitch say too many cheesy things. Like he's like, like men, they leap and hope to God they can fly. Or he's just like, he made like a toast right before they got into a fight where it's like, may there be more moments in life. That take your breath away and just i don't know like he kind of just says like a lot of like really hallmark card things in it and i didn't like that as where i think a really good rom-com they'll become the quotes as opposed to using quotes yeah like in jeremy where she's like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up you had me at hello which we all remember you know from that movie yeah but i think i think they could have toned down maybe like some of that cheese factor you know what i mean dude not to go back to the whole film thing but <laughs> <laughs> in this things were unsaid huh <laughs> in 2005 eva mendez is watching her little box tv with like a faded vhs version of jerry Maguire. that's was like she yeah, you don't remember. Jer- I said Jerry Maguire was in this. You said she, it, but I don't remember seeing it. Yeah, and she's she like drinking drinking whipped cream out of a can. It's during her breakup with Hitch or whatever. Uh, she was taking a whippets. <laughs> she went a little whip whip. Like, oh, that's not in New York anymore. I got my cracker. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's <laughs> got a cracker. <laughs> she's got a cracker and she's busting open um, <laughs> computer cleaner. <laughs> you know God what? damn. You know that's what? the kind I of humor this movie needs. They do really well with her character. Is they never 
one, because like you guys mentioned it, like she's really good in this. She's very animated. Yeah. I feel like she's not always worried about making like a pretty face. Like, you know, yeah. she'll make some pretty comical faces and they never have that moment where like, you know, she's always like, I got my glasses on. I got my hair up. Like, I don't give a fuck because I'm not trying to attract anyone. They never give her that moment where it's like, wowza, her titties are out. Her yeah. body is glowing. She is ready to attract a mate. Like, they never do that moment. And I fucking appreciate it. Like, they yeah. never do, like, the slow, like, up and down of her in the movie. Like, and you could. You so easily could. She's fucking beautiful. And they don't do it. And I feel like, to me, that's, like, good rom-com etiquette where it's like you don't need to do that to your female leads because you she's desirable without doing that so like kudos to the director for not doing any like that pandering shit not making it so she only is like concerned about like okay like michael bay has that problem where it's like if he's got a fucking woman in his movie He's mostly there just to sexualize her. Oh, I don't know. Like, they let her be funny in this movie. They let her ugly cry and admit that her fucking family had, like, a murderer in it. You know, they let her get her hair wet. They and her let job. Her carry a drunk man home. Yeah, and her job, like, they show her actively in her job. It's not just some, like, oh, I'm at the local coffee shop. That's where I work. And then it's, like, never addressed. boss is a little too involved in her personal life. There there also is just, again, Michael Rappaport. Also. Okay, he was good. Michael Rappaport, he just, he was just there for an exposition dump, right? Yeah. He was fucking fantastic. Um, But. I would say, though, that the the problem with this movie, it was a little bit of like, ladies, you got to choose love or your career. Why? Because when she chooses her career and to run the article about Hitch, that fucks up her love life. So it's just like you can't have both. You know, it it was. Yeah, it was. You can't have both because if you're doing your job correctly, you are. And her boss says it, too. If you're doing your job correctly, you're writing that article and fuck Hitch and fuck Albert and Allegra and all that stuff. But if you want and the boss was just like, are you sure you want to write this? Are you sure you got to choose one, your career or your love life? But she got both dumbass. She got to run the article and then fix the miscommunication with Hitch. Yeah, but she fucked up her relationship. You know who didn't get both? Hitch. Yeah. Her boss, black man. <laughs> her boss looked like a cross between Ben Stein. You know Ben Stein. Yeah, yeah. The allergy guy. Yeah, Clear eyes. Got Allegra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Allegra. There you go. And he looked like George Clooney and Ben Stein combined Ooh. to make whoever that actor's name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my guy. <laughs> Right, he was you know, in Halloween H2O. He was like Jamie Lee Curtis's love right, interest so in the movie. How did we feel about <laughs> Will Smith in this movie? Okay, no. How do we feel about this end of this movie where it ends at the wedding and like the longest um, tunnel dancing? Like, did anyone else feel like they had way too much footage of Will Smith and Ava Mendez 
dancing between a crowd of people because it felt like it went on for a very long time. I could have watched at least a half a day on that. I could have watched another 20 minutes of that. I was having the <laughs> most fun watching them dance because again, Allegra is being goofy. Ava Mendes is being goofy. Will Smith and James is being goofy. Like Kevin James, like I was having so much fun. Also random scene of an old lady choking on a grape. Like what the oh, fuck yeah. was going She's on? Like oh, like but the she was faking OG it. Matchmaker. She was faking it. Yeah. Oh, she was. Oh, I didn't get it. I thought she was just an she old was lady faking it. So her grandson would meet Sarah's friend. Gotcha. Oh, okay. That's wild. That is wild. I could have watched a whole movie about that wedding. Shit was fucking lit. Um, I'm going to say this before we get to the Will Smith. I don't know why. Okay. I know a little bit why, but I've held a grudge against Ava Mendes. And I think it's mostly that she is with Ryan Gosling on some weird level. I don't know. Full circle, Ryan Gosling, celebrity crush. Um, everyone's celebrity crush, man, woman. But yeah, honestly, I would never have sex with Ryan Gosling because like <laughs> he's nice. too good looking. <laughs> and it like he I could never get naked in okay. front of someone who looks like that. Ryan Gosling, who is the who is Mysterio or whatever the fuck? Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. And Toby Maguire are all the same person to me. That is so disgusting because Jake Gyllenhaal and Toby Maguire are short little fucks. That's where Ryan Gosling is so I tall. Don't, I honestly do not know what to tell you. Those three dudes. The fact that you think Toby Maguire <laughs> and Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal and Ryan Gosling are bit, even similar. Those three dudes and a little bit of who's the arrow guy in in Marvel Avengers, Jeremy Renner and Jeremy Renner, they're all what? they're all like these four Jer- again. Jeremy Renner is a short fuck. Tom, Tom Hardy was a uh, short all, fuck. Those five are the same fucking person to me. To me, it's like you're the dumbest person. <laughs> I would say those five dudes like you are all the same like person. Four short dudes, Matt Damon, and like too. a super tall guy. I don't know what to tell you. Hi, like, I don't we've see watched. Hi. Listen, it's we've hi, watched Brothers. And if you think Toby Maguire is a smoke show in Brothers, I've got a lot I'm of questions. Saying, I confuse those guys. I, do, I confuse all of them. That's confusing. <laughs> like, that is deeply confusing. I see just some hunky ass bitch on the fucking the screen. Look the same to me. Listen, they're all they, they just look the same. I. Oh, Wow. I can't even. I don't know what it is, but like somebody like Leo, who I would say is in the same vein as those guys. He's not. He's fucking pudgy. I but Leo, I'm like, oh, that's a different person. Yeah, because he wears like four of that. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) The other guys, I'm like, literally, these are all the same person. Leonardo DiCaprio standing shirtless next to fucking a a shirtless Ryan Gosling, a young Leo. I don't look like Leonardo DiCaprio now. Like, oh yeah, he could lift a woman over his head. Leo's mom, she's dead. They can't get her out of the house. <laughs> they have to burn <laughs> to the crowd. What? What the that's fuck? What he wants eating Gilbert's grapes. Oh, <laughs> okay. Young oh, Leo. Yes. Handsome. Leo now. Like, come yeah, not, of course you see him general. as a different person. I'm just saying in general. No, but I'm just saying, like, I, those guys look the same. <laughs> that's all. Okay. 
Ryan Gosling, you're not listening. But I apologize. My husband's just insecure. I'm and insecure. that he would have to do that shit to you. Here, here's what I'll oh, say, Mark. Problems. After I saw the movie. Okay, no, I wanted to say I had a grudge against Ava Mendez. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because of grudge? Ryan Gosling. This made me fall back in love with her. Oh. She's fucking dynamic. She needs yeah. to come out of mommyhood and get back in movies. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Get her back and stuff. She's interesting. She's fun. She can be funny. She's good. Um, the, the Will Smith of it all. Yeah. Here's something that controversial I'm going to bring up, and maybe this is my concluding thought on it. You brought up the college scene earlier, and you're like, why the fuck did they drop this in? When that college scene happened, which is a flashback to when Hitch was like a nerdy, young, unexperienced bachelor or whatever, um, they put like glasses on him. They kind of give him the fresh prints like fade on the side. His hair's all done different. And he's just kind of this like nerdy, goofy guy who's like stumbling into college. And something clicked in my brain where I thought, Will Smith could benefit from doing like a Jim Carrey or a Eddie Murphy type transformative role where like those dudes, and I get it. Will Smith isn't strictly a comedic actor, but those dudes like a Jim Carrey will play like the cable guy or Ace Ventura or whatever. And it's like, they're kind of becoming different people, even though they're doing a lot of like the same mannerisms and ticks and Eddie Murphy's the same, right? nutty professor and all yeah. these other fucking movies. He's like able to like, I'm going to be like a weird character with like weird voice or something. And just like play goofy. When I saw that college scene, I'm just like, Oh, I could watch a whole movie of Will Smith being like this broad and this goofy. Mm. And I'm trying to think, have we, will we even see a movie like that? And I don't think so. Like maybe, maybe, maybe not in the comedy realm, but maybe with the uh, suicide squad. Oh, yeah. Is that the closest maybe he gets to being a character actor? But even some... that still feel I haven't seen it. Still seems very Will Smith personality. Oh, like Ali is obviously a transformative mm. role, but I'm talking like, I guess, more comedic, right. like transform. Like, yeah, being like, a again, an Eddie Murphy, a nutty professor, a Jim Carrey. It's as so weird that you're bringing like this that. shit up because I'm listening to again. These are not my like original ideas. So just yeah. preface that. But people are pointing out that my, that's Mike Myers style comedically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mike Myers disappears into a character. Right. Yeah. And like it, it is almost like I, I wouldn't say method acting, but like he's like legit. It's not Mike Myers. It's a fucking it's not a Canadian it's bastard. <laughs> it's fat bastard. Right. It's Dr. Evil. It's a Lauren Michaels impression, you know, and he disappears into that shit. Um, but that's also could be why he's he's he hasn't had really success since because it's not you you don't like mike myers you like austin right. powers or you like right. dr evil or whatever so maybe the problem jim carrey though did do that with like ace ventura and stuff but he did enough truman show type roles where it's like, like pivot like eternal sunshine. and he pivoted he pivoted to be like oh this is me but and then some this is me acting type mm-hmm. of thing so Will Smith did had a career like that. He might have had a much shorter career. I'm also going to say this. I think he's too handsome. Mm. A lot of those people are doing character acting, They're not un- traditionally un-dicious. handsome people. Mm. If I'm a studio, Will Smith walks in and you're talking about me like putting prosthetics on him 
or making him not like as visually appealing, I'd be like, why? That's a fucking waste of him. Like he's a handsome looking guy. You know what I mean? I feel like you, if, if you're a studio head, you're buying that package. Well, well, this was the movie where, like we said earlier, Will's trying to Will Smith is trying to bang Ava Mendez and asking Jada if he's allowed to. And we're going to get even deeper into the family because up next is Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, that might be a transfer and not a comedic transformation, but he plays kind of a schlub. And who do we have? What, what, it's his son, right? Yeah. Which, what's his son? Jaden? Jaden. Little, little Jaden. I think we're about to see where Will Smith goes wrong in his career and by trying to give his children careers. So, see. I don't remember what the critical like people uh, loved it. He got nominated. Okay, Okay. I saw it. Fucking snooze fast. Oh, it's a little snoozy. I thought it was. I'm sure you're gonna watch it and fucking loved it. I saw it in theaters. Thought it was a snooze fast. Um, but that just might just be me because I loved Hitch, and honestly, I feel so disappointed that. Will Smith didn't do more rom-coms because I think he is built for them. I think his comedic styling is perfect for rom-coms where it's like enough of that confidence cocky. I think obviously he's like super handsome, but also somehow retains that like approachableness. Like, I don't know if we just didn't get more rom-coms out of him because he was black and studios didn't want to do it. I think it was a choice from him. Yeah, I think it was a choice from him, too, because it's like how fucking insulting that you go to make a movie and they're like, well, we don't want to put you with a white woman. Well, but we also don't want to put you with like a black woman. Like, that's kind of a lot. And like, why would you pursue that avenue if it feels degrading or disrespectful? So I just think it sucks that studios kind of like ruined that avenue of Will Smith for us. Because I think I think he's to me. Hitch is up there with like how much I enjoyed like men in black or bad boys. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think he's just really nice in it. And I think it's like, you know, like with Martin Lawrence, I think him and Kevin James have like a good chemistry. I think it's the best female lead he's worked with also. Yeah. I think he struggles with female leads, which is funny because people always brought that up about Tom Cruise. No one really says it a lot about Will Smith, but I don't think he traditionally does great with females in his movies, but I think that's one they have like a really nice rapport. Hitch okay. 2, the seven-year hitch. The seven-year hitch. Let's make it. They'll go right to Netflix. Or hitched with E.D. at them. Oh, and he's married. Oh, Maybe. no. It's been like what? Almost like over 15 years now. It's hitched with an E.D. Guess what? He's the fucking father of the bride now. (gasps) Like it's his kid out in like the dating world. And there's all these apps and I don't even understand how she met this guy. But also, oh man, I'm going to tie it in even more. Chick's name is Allegra, right? Like uh, allergy medicine, (laughs) right? He's a guy named Benadryl. No, no. Somebody named Cialis. And it's hitched E D E period D erectile dysfunction. So oh. the cure to E D erectile dysfunction. Okay, so he's the father of the bride. And he's got a soft They met dick. really quickly online. He's confused. 
how'd they meet online where it's all this online has this this wedding can't happen they barely know each other guess what fucking meant to be and he's got to learn to let go of his baby girl a little bit wow or how about a reverse uh, who's coming to dinner or whatever what's what's that movie is that what that movie's called yeah Right. So you're saying like, why is this honky at my fucking house? You know what I mean? You get uh, Tom Holland in there and he's like, get this cracker out of my fucking face. I love Tom Holland. Like, talking about a short that that I love. Oh, they did? That's already a movie? Bernie Mac. Oh, shit. We got to watch that movie. Guess who? It's called Guess Who. All right. Well, we've got Pursuit of Happiness coming up. He is Dodd Frank. Yeah. Yeah, poor Bernie Mac. He is so fucking funny. Bernie Mac show is pretty funny. Yeah. I don't know if you watched it. Yeah, we did. Of course we watched it. Come on. Bernie Mac show was great, but he was great in Friday and he was great in Transformers. He was just great. It's great. Wasn't he in Charlie's Angels too? Oh, yeah. He was, um, <laughs> he was who's the dude? And he was in the Bosworth, Bali. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, the, he was in um the one with the numbers. Ten? Like the biggest thing, Mr. Three Thousand. No, well, he wasn't that too. But no, but the one where George Clooney made all those fucking oh, movies Ocean's Ten, Ocean's Eleven, and yeah. you should honestly watch like the Drew Barrymore Charlie's Angels. I feel like those still hold up. They're great. I did watch them recently. They're did you? Great. All of them? Uh, the first two. Honestly, no one should watch the third. Well, the third one's with Kristen Stewart, right? Oh yeah, I watched that one. It was disappointing. She was good in it, though, Kristen Stewart. So what's your rating, you two, on Will? On this one? I think he was perfect in this. This was, like, right up his alley. This was, like, a nine. This was, like, I think, like, top-tier Will Smith, overlooked. I'd watch it again. Yeah. 100%. What'd you think, Eric? Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think this is, like, a nice... I know this is sound so weird to say, but even though it was PG 13, it definitely skewed adult without having to be mm. raunchy. Like these are adults with jobs and like living in a big city and going to fucking like Ellis Island to look at like pictures of like immigrants coming awesome. over Yeah, that like most kids or teenagers would be like, what the fuck is yeah. this horse shit? And me, I'm just like, this is so fascinating. What was, so yeah. Cool. It's not based in high school. A lot of rom-coms yeah. are based in high school. Would, would you say though, that the city was a character? No, I don't know if the city was a character I in think this it movie. Was. This was not sex in the city. Okay? The city's a character. It's yeah. Cool. Sarah, Jessica Parker. This could have been Boston or Philadelphia and they could have, gone and seen fucking benjamin franklin yeah not enough food i honestly ellis island's like they don't really pull that card in a lot of movies even romantic movies it's usually the shot of the bridge it's usually i don't know that's true eiffel tower or not the eiffel tower the empire state building um statue of liberty that's kind of a that's a new one unless you're the (laughs) x-men Okay, you know what? I'm glad that we could all come together and enjoy a movie because I just have a feeling in my soul next week's going to be a fight. Look, look, pursuit of happiness has to win me over. Believe it or not, I've avoided all these years because I just it just didn't really seem interesting. So I'm going in with lower expectations, so it might win me over because I'm I don't have or I have no expectations. I don't know what to expect. 
I just, I just have that feeling in my gut that's going to be a fight next week. Mm. All right, put on the podcast, right? Yeah. All right. Wait. Wait. No. (laughs) No, I have nothing to say. Eric wants to punch me. All right. Bye, guys.